0: You've had doubts about God before. The question is not if you'll have doubts, but more when you'll have doubt. What you do with it is what matters. The word doubt, if you just trace it back, it just literally means to be in between two places. Not quite all the way here. Not quite all the way on this side. But kind of in between, going back and forth. See... Doubt kind of creeps in. I was thinking about this. When we have those thoughts of doubt in our mind and our hearts and our soul, those really creep in when life goes differently than what you expect or what you hoped for. For example, for me, I thought my parents would be together my whole life. But when they suddenly no longer were together, the gap between my expectation and my reality, that gap, is where doubt crept in. Or maybe you're in here and you thought you would be with that person, at least all through middle school and high school, but that didn't happen. Maybe dating is not really part of that, but maybe it's a friend, and you thought you guys were boys growing up, but he did something that you just can't forgive him for. See, that's where that doubt creeps in, because you thought you guys would be friends forever, but, man, your real friends even exist. See, that whole doubt type of thing, but really, doubt... It's a bad rap if you really think about it. Doubt is one of those things that that is—it's got a negative connotation, but really, if you think about doubt and what doubt really is, doubt can actually bring you in a deeper, further, and better understanding of who God is. Because if it literally means to be in between the two, then if you will take your bout with doubt, you'll battle with doubt about God, with God, it will take you to one end or the other. See, the thing about doubt is you can't just stay where you're at. But here's the big question. It's not if you have doubt, more when you'll have it. But what really matters is what you do when you doubt. See, tonight, so we'll look just for the next 14 minutes into the life of a guy named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist in Scripture, you can read all about his life in Luke chapter 7. But he was an eccentric guy. He dressed in a very loud, eccentric way. He had a crazy diet. But the thing about John... He was brilliant. He was intelligent. People followed him. When he spoke, people listened. People, even for a bit, thought that he was Jesus. The crazy thing is the more you study about John is he just says, I'm not that guy. I'm not the Messiah. He's actually Jesus' cousin. But the cool thing about John the Baptist, his entire life, well, it was to prepare people for the coming of, of his cousin, Jesus. And here's the cool thing when you read in Scripture. John the Baptist quite literally was the guy that baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. When that happened in scripture, it says the heavens opened up, a dove dove descended, and he heard God's audible voice. So John the Baptist, right, you got to think about it. He's traveled, he's spoken about Jesus, and thousands of people have heard this guy. People are following him. He's well-known everywhere. He literally met Jesus place, face-to-face, baptized him, <laughs> Heard God's audible voice from heaven. Well, then you fast forward to John's story is his life starts to get a little bit shaky. He's actually in prison for something that he didn't do unjustly. He was sentenced to death. And it's in the cell where we pick up the words of doubt. See, I'm just saying if a guy that has quite literally met Jesus face to face and heard God's voice audibly with his own ears would talk about doubt, Maybe you and I can learn about it just a little bit. So here's what it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 19. He sent them to the Lord to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Here's what John is basically saying. When he sent his disciple to go tell Jesus or ask Jesus this, are you the real deal? Are you going to disappoint us just like everybody else? See, John, he spent time with Jesus, but he still has that seed of doubt in his heart and his mind. Here's the the message and and just everything that we'll talk about in one sentence right here. I want you to write this down. You can type it in your phone. Here's what I want you to remember. You can get a picture of it. But we need to remember to handle your doubts before your doubts handle you. Handle your doubts before your doubts handle you. You can just keep that up there just for a quick second. But here's the thing about doubt. It starts off small, and then it grows into something bigger, and then bigger. See, my kids, they love this song, it's like, baby shark, and then it's, what's next after baby shark? Mommy shark, and then it's daddy shark, and then it's grandpa shark with no teeth, we do What that's a yes. picture of, it starts off really small, it's a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger you and, and the your teeth doubt starts off as this tiny little thing that you don't even pay any attention to, but you just give it a little bit of space in your heart. You just kind of brush it off a little bit. Maybe something wrong happens, like, you know what, and whatever. But then the next time something difficult happens, you're like, man, I knew God wouldn't show up in that And it just grew to something bigger. And then you continue to give it maybe a little bit more space in your heart, and then the next time something wrong happens, like... You start to doubt before anything ever happens and before you even know it, something tiny that started off as insignificant that you didn't even ever think about, your doubt has grown actually bigger than your faith. And that's where a lot of us can be, and I have been, if we're not careful. So the whole point of the message is you've got to handle your doubts before your doubts handle you. So how do you handle it? Here's the cool thing about it. Doubt is a neutral thing. It will do what you allow it to do. It will listen to whatever you tell it to do. It's in between the two. It doesn't take you to one side or the other. But if you doubt God with God, God will use it in an amazing way. So here's how you handle it. The first thing I want you to write down. Face your doubt. I want you to face your doubt. You've got to face doubt head on. So when you have doubts in your heart, doubts in your mind, the worst thing that you can do is doubt on your own. You've got to doubt out loud with other people. You've got to have conversations. Just a real honest one. Just say, hey, I just don't have all of these answers. How have you made it through when you doubted this way? How did you cope with this? How did you handle this? I get it. We're all hypocrites somehow. How did you make it past this faith part that you felt stuck in? You've got to doubt with other people. Here's the other people I want encourage you to doubt with. Doubt with someone who's smarter than you are. Wow. When you doubt with other negative people, I promise you, you're going to have a negative response. Doubt with some other people that maybe have a life that you hope to have in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Sometime down the road, if it's like an older uncle, a mom, a dad, a coach, an older brother, someone a couple of grades older, or just someone who's just wise. Like, man, we're the same age, but God's doing something in your life. I feel like he's skipping over me to get to you sometimes. How did you make it through this? Doubt with some other people. Doubt out loud. Face your doubt head on. Because coming face to face with your doubt is coming face to face with Jesus. Yeah. See, I've got to give you like just huge props right here because you're sitting in church in November and you could have been doing a million other things. Yeah. It's not easy to come right now. Like I got real sleepy at <coughs> about 5:30 today. Why? Because it's sun's up. Okay. Yeah. I was already to not out in my office. <laughs> and I'm painting with you. But you came after school, fought the traffic. And I was talking to like, like three girls earlier. They drove 45 minutes to get here. Wow. She she drove Me too. Yeah. God bless you all. Yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing that you're here because, because even with these doubts, this journey with Jesus that you have, you're going about it in a way that, you know what? If we're going to doubt, we might as well doubt with Jesus here as well. Yeah. Here's what I know about God. When you have doubts and you bring those, doubt, those doubts to God, he can handle every single one. So instead of allowing those doubts to handle us, do you want to just let God handle the doubts for you? You can say, God, I love you. I know that you love me. You have a lot of answers in the box. There's something I'm not just quite sure, but I'm gonna trust you anyway. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna listen to the things that you do anyway, and God, show up in my life and help me with these doubts. I would also say that as you face your doubt, be specific in that doubt. Is it an intellectual question, like how does this happen? Is it a psychological question? like Why does this happen? like Why does bad things happen to good people? Is it, is it a behavioral one? Like, are you asking, is this worth it? See, in high school, that was my biggest step. Is it really worth following Jesus? Was my behavior. Because everybody always makes it seem so much fun to do all the stuff outside of God's plan for me but if I'm going to choose this life to follow Jesus with every area of my life, the best that I can, of course, not perfectly, is it really worth it? Here's what I've learned. When I've asked God, God, is this really worth it? He's always shown me over and above. Not is it worth it, but it's better than I ever could have imagined. Wow. Yeah. But he never just takes it and lays it in front of you and it's like, hey, here, just like read that. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's through asking these questions that God shows that to you. So here's a scripture that I love. and. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, it's so, so straightforward and so clear. It says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I love that. God, I believe who you are. I believe what you say, but please, would you continue to help me just overcome my unbelief too? What he's admitting right there is, Yes. When I feel like I believe you, I'm going to follow you. But there's times where it's tough and show up there to help me anyway. Because even when I don't feel it, I'm going to choose to trust you anyway. See, handle your doubts before your doubts handle you. And you handle it by facing your doubt. But you also handle it by trusting the truth. It's the last thing today. Just trust the truth. See, gosh, it was... Yeah, it's about two years ago. So Aubrey, so she's my wife. She's an awesome girl. I think she's gonna pick of our kids. She's not here right now, but she took a trip with all of her girlfriends about two years ago to the Florida Keys. So, so, so here's what that means: when, when, when you're married and you have kids and your wife takes a trip, what that means is you watch the kids with no help. Um, so for you, you're like, I don't have kids. For me, it's like, really, one go? Of course. So she went. So she had a great time. And here's what I've learned about about distance see like she was gone for three days it was cool she's with her friends and like i was playing like mr mom and hanging out with my kids and i loved it it was amazing but it wasn't easy and the entire time like i'd call her for the dumbest stuff like hey like how did you fix lunch for these people then I so then we would do just like, these regular things in the nighttime routine of putting people to bed and, and like waking them back up the next day. See, that's the whole thing. When you make it through one whole day, you like sleep for a bit and you do it all over again. Go home and tell your mom you love So then we do it again, we did it a third day, and when she came home, it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen, like I was counting down when her flight came back in, doors were open, House was were like, oh my God, I love you so much. It was awesome. But it's funny, like the further she got away, it wasn't like my love for her grew distant. It actually grew deeper because the further she got away it helped me understand how much she does all the time never complains does so much stuff that I have no idea that my love actually was stronger and deeper that distance brought us together see with doubt it can create distance if you allow it or it can dig your well deep with your love and trust with God so that's the thing you've got to just figure out and the thing you've got to really answer is if you trust the truth do you really trust what god says in the scripture he says he has a plan for your life and here's what the plan is like what is purity and that is like almost a cuss word when we say that it's like there's no way that that's even possible here's the thing about purity the great thing about god's purity plan for your life is if you've gone over that line physically or whatever that is it's not like you're never allowed back in. it's like the door is open you can just make that decision But here's the cool thing about it, is it protects you from things that God never intended your heart to endure before marriage anyway. The only thing you miss out on is regret, pain that you shouldn't even have to feel. Isn't it crazy that when we listen to God in that way, he sets us up for something way better. What about like like trusting, but it's hard to trust because you're not certain about what he's gonna do. You know the only topic that people really need certainty is kind of God. I'm not certain how my iPhone works. It doesn't stop me from using it. I just like, wanted to open, use the apps, all this stuff. Like, how does it all work? I don't have any buttons. I just touch the screen and it happens, right? Yeah. Like my car, I really, I really have no idea how my car works, but I'm gonna turn it on and get in I'm gonna trust it to get me all the way home. When I sit in a chair, i don't know who designed it. I can care about just hold my weight, great. <laughs> but you use it anyway, right? But yet we have this demand and this line of absolute certainty to even listen to God for one small thing. So I would encourage you that you don't have to understand everything about God to trust and to know and to love and to follow him anyway. Here's a great thing. I want to encourage you just to pray a very specific prayer, just to say, God, if you're real and this is something you want to do in my life, I'm going to listen to what you say. But show up as I follow him. All right, last thing i will talk about because I've got a minute 42 left before I get you guys to the next thing. is you know, the first time I read that in Luke chapter 7, Sarah, so I was sitting there, so here it is, Jesus. With John the Baptist, his cousin, he knew him, they grew up together like like the whole thing. Like he's like, bro, I'll let you baptize me, bro. I'm literally God and man at the same time. I'll let you baptize me in the river. You heard my dad's voice from heaven. And John had the nerve to send like a disciple of John, like Jesus, to ask him the question, yo, are you for real about this? Because my guy's about to die in prison. So I was thinking about if I was in Jesus' shoes, the king of heaven and earth. What would I say to John? I'm probably pretty upset. I'm like, seriously? You're there for a little bit? I could do anything I wanted. You want to doubt me right now? Here's what Jesus said. Just a couple of verses later. It wasn't to shame him. It wasn't to hate him. It wasn't in frustration. It was actually totally different. It was in an encouraging way. Here's what Jesus said back to the disciples He said, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. See, that's just comforting to me because for every single person here and for my life continually, as I have doubts creep in my heart and creep up in my head, I feel like I've done something where I've turned my back on God and there's no way that he's going to just like accept me back again for just doubting or being slow to obedience and all of these things But I make mistakes in. And I'm just trying my best, but I still screw up and I mess up and I'm not proud of that and I think I should like hang my head low, but he's saying like, look me in the eye. His response to, J- His response to John is like, no, no, no. Of anybody who's lived, there's nobody like John. And he said publicly. See, I've got to ask you. If Jesus is here, you're here for a reason tonight in the middle of like crazy weather in November. And there are a lot of people in this room, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. If he would respond like that to John, what do you think he would respond to you like? So right now in this room, we're gonna wrap up our time. Everybody who just found out, we're gonna pray for you just for a quick second. And I know there's a couple of groups of people that are in this room right now that, that maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you followed Jesus, that maybe right now you just feel a little bit stagnant in this whole faith journey. You're looking for something new. You're saying, God, would you just help grow my faith and decrease the doubt that I have? Right now, I just wanna pray for you just to say that, that God has a massive and amazing plan for your life and he has so much in store for you. Father, I just pray for every single person that finds themselves in that position. They've been following you for him, but they need something new. They need something fresh that's in their life. God, would you just remind them of how good you are, how trustworthy you are, how loving you are, how you've never failed, you never will, and you will always be part of their life. God, would you remind them that the purpose that you've given them is the best one that they could ever follow. Would you show them this week that as a teenager, in middle school and in high school, that following you is the best thing that they could do with their life? And Father, right now, for those who are sitting in these seats, maybe for the first time, or they've been here, but, but, but they've yet to build a connection with you, right now is the moment that, that God has set for you to make a decision to follow him. And if that's you, you can just say this. you say, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I've tried. But right now, I take my doubt and I hand it. All to you. So Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. And change me from the inside out. I commit to follow you every day that I live. If you just made that decision, no one's looking. I need you to hold your right hand high in the air right now. No one's looking. You just hold it up. Hands are going up everywhere. It's absolutely amazing. You just hold it up high. This is a declaration. This is the decision that you, you've made to follow Jesus. And what we're going to do right now, is just to make sure you get some information. It's amazing. After you get that booklet, you take your hand down. Father, thank you for every single person that's here. Thank you, God. for Fellowship Church, and thank you for what you've done tonight. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody's set. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we just Don't give a crazy yeah. round of applause for every sake? Thank you decision to follow Jesus tonight.